There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Mike Lee. Mike is the co-founder and CEO of Fundica.com, an award-winning online funding tool. Fundica grew out of Mike's work supporting tech entrepreneurs with government and private sector funding. He previously worked in the mergers and acquisitions group at BCE, as well as in the strategy group at KPMG Consulting and with various technology companies as an engineer. Over the last 15 years, he's helped entrepreneurs secure over $300 million in government funding. Mike holds a BASC in engineering from the University of Waterloo, an MBA from the University of British Columbia, and the CFA designation. He was selected as one of 25 emerging entrepreneurs by the Bronfen Foundation, Entrepreneur of the Year by CFO Canada, and co-winner for Quebec of the Startup Canada Award for Entrepreneurship Promotion. Mike Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. We love what you're doing with entrepreneurs, and we want to find out what's coming next because there's so much uh, cool stuff that you're into. But first of all, our first question traditionally is designed to make sure that entrepreneurs stay riveted to this podcast for the full length. So what are the top pieces of advice that you hope our entrepreneurial listeners will take away from this conversation? Well, the first thing is really to be aware where you sit in the funding journey. I think everyone wants to get money. Money is fun, but to really recognize where you're at to me is the, the, one of the most important things. The second thing I would say is to use technology to simplify your life. There's a lot of it out there. Uh, use the best stuff and use it well. It will make life a lot more fun and a lot easier. Fundica, F-U-N-D-I-C-A. Tell me about what it does. How do you create value for entrepreneurs? So we really try to simplify the process of identifying funding. So quite simple, our value proposition, just make it easier to find what's available for the entrepreneur. And is that all institutional money? Um, like like established programs or is it also the right individual or angel? 
Right. So good thing. So I kind of, we kind of call it all traditional funding sources. So there'd be grants in, in Canada, there'd be grants, tax credits, loan guarantees, loan, both private and public. Um, there'd be accelerators, there would be uh, equity. So all the different investors across all the, that whole spectrum, both public and private, of course, in certain areas like tax credits, there's only public, obviously, but in other areas you, you'd find likely find both. Um, and you know, this, this would be available. Of course, we'd only show the programs that would fit for a specific entrepreneur with a certain profile with certain needs and activities they are trying to undertake. Uh, so it's very much, you know, adapted. So it's relevant information for each entrepreneur. Right. And how do you get paid? So how do we get paid? So we take this thing, we make it into a platform and this platform we license as a white label on uh, two different groups. So financial institutions, accountancies, uh, governments, um, any other kind of small business support organization. So that's, that's the way it works. People don't come to Fundica. They used to come to our site to find funding. Don't anymore. You have to really go to one of our partner sites to find that. And, and, you know, and we kind of, we do it in Canada where we actually do all the funding types I just mentioned. We also do it in the U.S. The U.S. we're just doing the government programs for now. Finish this sentence for me uh, so we understand the difference you're making. Without Fundica, entrepreneurs dot, 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 dot. Have reduced access to relevant funding. That's really good. That, 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 that sounds like you practiced. Okay. Tell, tell me a little bit about you, Mike. You've got this background in engineering and business and, and, and you've built this, uh, this, this powerful platform. So what did your journey look like and how did you move from consulting to big businesses to working in the entrepreneurship space? Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone's kind of different, uh, in the way they look at things and, before I even going to where I started, I think way back when I was even in high school and the like, I think I was, my personality is more of a explorer entrepreneur. I think my two grandfathers on both sides came from Europe, different stories, um, both more or less out of different kind of war torn regions came here and started with pretty much nothing as entrepreneurs. And that really inspired me and, and they changed as they went through their they're kind of entrepreneur careers, you know? So, um, so I like that. I also like learning new things. I like trying new things. Um, so when I started studying, let's say after, after high school, I went on to, I went to Waterloo and I did an engineering degree. Um, and that was interesting. I really liked it. Uh, fundamentally I was very good at math. So that made it, uh, you know, not too difficult for me. Uh, then, but then after that, I kind of said, Hey, I want to see the bigger picture, the other side of the, you could say, so I went on to do my MBA and then eventually my CFA. So I really was interested in learning about a lot of different things and seeing how they fit together. Uh, and likewise for work, I went into positions, which exposed me to a bit of a few different things. So I could kind of explore within big companies. Um, you know, I went and worked at FedEx as they expanded into Canada. It was a combination of, um, engineering. Uh, in business, I worked at KPMG, as you mentioned, I worked at some other firms. And then I basically, um, I worked in mergers and acquisitions for a while. And then I kind of drifted into, Hey, I really like working with small business, especially small tech business. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I love the learning with each one. I love the fact that I can apply everything I've learned in the past and the area I seem to be able to provide the most value was with funding. Uh, and to start with, with government funding. So government funding is a lot around R and D tax credits, understanding the technology, making sure that the tax forms are done correctly, uh, making sure all this fits together in a way that makes sense. Um, so that's kind of, that's been a bit my path. Um, it's surprising me today that I've been doing the same thing now for uh, a number of years, but um, I think my, my path has always been to kind of, I like to try different things, like to go to new places, learn them and move on. I'm not necessarily the person who just likes to move up within the same role within a company. So I think where you come from and what you're kind of truly about makes a big difference as to what career path you choose. You mentioned your two grandfathers were entrepreneurs as they came to this country, and you said that they, they changed over time. Just wondering what you meant by that. Yeah, so uh, just to get into that a bit. So my um, my dad's father, I haven't ever actually spoken about this in a, in a public way, but it's I think it's, it's a good good story to share. Um, my dad's dad um, comes from Ireland, and he was there during the time um, that there was the war was really going on in Ireland and he was actually part of the IRA. Um, and, uh, so he left Ireland with, you know, pretty hastily and kind of came here and set up at first he was importing, um, some Ireland, he did some insurance. He, he worked in a, in a few different areas and ultimately was quite successful. Um, my other grandfather came at the end of the second world war. comes from Czechoslovakia and uh, kind of escaped into Switzerland just as the borders were closing. And he came here and he imported shoes uh, from all over the world. And while he was doing that, he also looked at other, you know, other equipment, uh, other things he could import. And, um, and at one point he imported, imported toys, which of course as a little kid, I really remember that well, that was kind of fun. Um, toys and balls and things like that. So, uh, yeah, so kind of, you know, I remember going to their offices and seeing what they're doing and I'm like, this is really interesting. I, I really like this. this is, this is cool. Um, so that to me was, those are really inspiring, inspiring people. I mean, my parents are also, you know, very inspiring their, in their way as well. But I, I think I, I kind of look back and I say, Hey, you know, the, um, yeah, the entrepreneurship route, I think right from the beginning was what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's amazing. You know how great to have role models like that in your life, so you can see what individuals can do. Because in some families, um, you know, as, as everyone wants their kids to become professionals, and uh, and and sometimes it's easy to lose that entrepreneurial spark in the in the in the family story. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it's cool to to have had that from both sides. Yeah, I'm very lucky. So can you overall, if we talk funding for a minute, can you overall sum things up? Is there funding for almost any legitimate business that, that needs help with something between all the sources that you mentioned before, from government to institutions to private loans, is, is there help for just about anybody? Yes. You know, there's thousands of funding programs out there. Um, and, you know, what we really try to do is bring them all together, make sure they're up to date, make sure their relevancy ranked. Um, there's a, you know, there's a, 
uh, a lot of programs for the underrepresented groups, um, which is really nice. So at the end of the day, we're providing accessibility, not just to all businesses, but I think um, even more so for the underrepresented, uh, who for the most part are the ones who are have the hardest time finding the relevant funding for them. So, um, so there's that. So there really is so pretty much any business. I would say if there is very little or almost no funding, that's also a good thing to know though. So if you're a, a corner store, you're not looking to hire, you don't fit into really many of the, the kind of programs that are out there. Um, at least you recognize that quickly and say, okay, listen, I, I I went on, I, I checked what is available. There's, you know, a few little things. Um, I'm going to either go with these or I'll kind of just say, okay, I know what they are. I really need to focus on my business and I'm not going to go chasing all kinds of things that are probably not useful. So even if there's very little, it's good to know that up front uh, so that you're aware of the situation and you don't waste time. Right. I always say that the, the next best thing to a quick yes is a quick no. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think the problem that I met with, with so many entrepreneurs and certainly a lot that I've talked to, they know there's money out there, but they don't know where it is. There's a learning curve in order to fill out the forms for the government or even find out what programs exist. So is that the gap that you're filling? I think what happened with us is during COVID, what we were doing became even more important. Not only were there more government programs that came out, um, but everything had to be done online. So those two elements made you know, what we were trying to do even more relevant. So I, I think you know, COVID's definitely had a, a good impact on us in terms of you know, help, helping our system. Of course, uh, you know, I'm mindful that overall COVID has been very hard on everybody, um, but um, I guess certain businesses, you know, created a, a, a better situation for. At Fendika, do you have, a, or, or as the co-founder and CEO, do you have a favorite customer success story? Like, uh, you know, the, the story of a startup that, uh, that had been struggling and then got connected through your platform to the sources they needed? Yeah, I do. So, um, so this was prior to COVID. Um, I was at a, an event, I think it was, um, yeah, one of these entrepreneur events outside and someone came running up to me, hugged me. I didn't know them. Um, I had never met them before. They hugged me and they said after that, they said, I just really want to thank you. I received over a million dollars in non-diluted funding. I found it all on your website. Um, I was at a pitch event a couple of weeks ago, pitching for equity. I got up on stage, I put up your logo and I said, I've got all the money I need. Thank you very much. And went and sat down. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that, that's crazy. Um, so I was very touched by that. And uh, it's amazing, you, you know, little things like that. You know, this was, you know, a few years ago. Uh, they make a big difference. So I very much appreciated getting that. And uh, I hope there's a lot of other people out there that can find the system useful. Even if I don't hear from them, I'm, I'd be very happy if that, that is happening. Wow. We don't often talk about hugs as currency in entrepreneurship, but, but, but that's, a, that, that, it, that's a wonderful story. Uh, mm. There is a guy in New Brunswick, by the way, an entrepreneur I met years ago, 
Jim Gilbert, uh, Canada's most huggable car dealer. And I always thought that was a fabulous, uh, fabulous branding because to get a hug, you have to provide an immense amount of unexpected value to people. So is that what you try to do at Fundica? For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, um, we're, we're trying to help people. That's what it is. And, you know, they're businesses, but they're, they're people behind these businesses. And this is a way to do it. And we're not only trying to help the ones who probably have lots of money, but also the kind of underrepresented, the people who are having a really hard time uh, finding it. So, um, you know, if at the end of the day we can do that well, you know, nothing else really matters. You know, if I can really do that well, I'll feel really good about things and uh, we'll work out all the other stuff that needs to be done to keep the business, you know, to, to make it, build any kind of business. But if I can do that, be super happy. Yeah. What's the best way for entrepreneurs to tap the Fundica database? Well, you can go to one of our um, partner websites. Um, so um, I, could, I could give a couple names, but you can do Fundica and then... Yeah, maybe the best way to do it on this would be put in Fundica and then leave a couple blanks and you'll see a couple of our partner sites come up in Google. Click on those and you'll be able to go through and, and you know, within minutes, find the relevant funding for, for you. Okay. <laughs> I guess you, they're all like children. You can't, you're not allowed to have a favorite. Yeah, I mean, Show me a photo of just <laughs> <laughs> It'll come up pretty quick. They're pretty, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and what to entrepreneurs need to know about themselves to better equip them to tap into funding of these sorts? Do, is it, do they need to do any prep? Again, I, I think what's important is to maybe realize what stage they're at in the funding and the process. So one thing I tell entrepreneurs is before you go get funding, there are steps. And then when you do go funding, there are steps you want to go through as well. So they're kind of, and, and to me, this is probably the most important thing about funding is that in this pre-funding stage, at first you want to go out and say, hey, is this solution make sense? You know, is there kind of, they call it product market fit. So they use a lot of different words, but does it make sense? And there's lots of ways to test that today, which costs very little or, or no money. So really kind of figure out if that's there. Second thing is you want to get together a bit of a team, especially if it's a technology company. Um, and the third thing, and I would do the, in this order as well, is you need a little bit of money. So to go get money, you need money. I know it's kind of like a, not the story people want to hear, but it's the truth. You need a little bit to survive, to give you the runway to go get some money. Um, so either the money comes from, you know, love money, family money, um, or you have a part-time job, or you have a consulting gig that's going on at the same time, something like that. So you need a bit of those things. So those are all kind of like the pre-funding steps before you go into funding. And then when you go into funding, to kind of just complete that journey, I would start always with the government funding. It's the cheapest, it's the easiest. Uh, the next thing would be the loans, next most expensive. And then finally, and only if necessary, go after the equity, which is the VCs, the angels, and the like. And, uh, and I do it in that order because it just gets more expensive as you go through each one. Um, and it also gets more complicated. So those are kind of the steps I would take. And to recognize where entrepreneurs on that journey is, is a very important thing. 
Um, and sometimes you take a few steps forward, then you got to take a couple steps back and then you got to, you know, go at it. So, and even companies that are in a mature, more mature phase, they need to kind of start looking, okay, I'm adding a new product. The same kind of thing applies, you know, what's, what do I need to figure out the product makes sense before I go out and get, you know, raise all kinds of big money. So, um, yeah, so I think this is, this is an important thing. And, and in order to get governments or lenders to, let alone investors, to look at them, do they, is, is it taken for granted that they have to have all their ducks in a row? They have to have proper documentation. They've got to have, uh, you know, uh, professional financial statements, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it depends on the step you have. So if you're going for government money, for the most part, there's not too much that is required, especially if it's for smaller kind of grants. If you're going for loans, they're going to look for a, a little bit more. And if you're going for this equity, they're going to look for the most. And in a lot of cases, the equity may require you to get you know right into audited statements once they make the investment. So it gets more serious and more uh, demanding as you move into these different, uh, these different steps in the funding journey. I got in trouble once with entrepreneurs for suggesting that entrepreneurs should exhaust all possible sources of friend and family financing, love money, um, before they go out into the more expensive uh, territory of loans or, or certainly equity. Um, and people said, why would you say that these these people the fathers mothers aunts uncles grandparents brothers sisters siblings children they could lose everything and i said well yeah that's why it's called love money and just wondering where you where you stand on that is, is that something that you believe entrepreneurs should really pursue and is that an opportunity they should maximize or should they go after other other people's money i think no matter who they talk to they need to make sure the person lending or investing in the company um, is especially if it's an early stage company is ready to is able to lose that money um, so if they're speaking to that rich uncle that's you know got millions and millions you know uh, probably not a big deal if he invests or not but if you you're talking to someone a retired person who's you know, really living very minimal, has very little means, um, you know, be very, very careful. I would work with that. So it really depends on the ability of each of the investors to, to put money in. So certainly I would speak to if there's, you know, I would still go with grants first. I would still go with loans second myself. And then I would kind of go to angels and VCs. The angel money I did mention, as I mentioned, this kind of funding journey a little bit earlier. Um, I would, you know, I would look into going to that, but I would at the very beginning obviously start with people who have disposable amounts they can invest because this is very risky things investing in early stage businesses. When people make that jump from government to loans, now are we talking about you know bank loans? And how different are they from, you know, private loans? Right. So I would first go to bank loans if those are accessible. There are generally very few bank loans available. 
because the loan has to be paid back and loan has interest owing. And if a company is losing money, um, it, it's often difficult to pay that loan, uh, pay back that loan or that interest. Um, but I would go to government funding in terms of government loans before I'd go to private sector, just because they're, they're generally cheaper and easier to get um, if, if there are any available. And then I'd go to the, the, the private sector ones if I had to prioritize between the two. And um, with, can you name, maybe this will be like your favorite children argument again, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a couple of government loans that uh, entrepreneurs might want to sort of look into specifically? Yeah, so there's a good one, like Futurepreneur. Uh, it's a well-known one across the country. Um, and they, you know, they actually you know, work on their own and they're kind of related to the BDC, which would be kind of another that one bdc is kind of it is run by a crown corporation it's it's a government uh it's a crown corporation i guess right. is the right definition sort of quasi somewhere in between be exactly yeah. that's a good way to put it so they're kind of halfway there and then you know the, on the private sector side um there's lots of lenders uh you know the, the banks you know the big banks everyone would know of and then there's some smaller uh kind of investors as well right. And uh, Futurepreneur, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I haven't kept tabs on that program lately, but I know when it started, um, one of its signature features was that it didn't just give you, uh, it didn't just lend you money. It, uh, it also provided mentors. Do they still do that? Yeah. So they're really kind of trying to provide the whole, uh, the whole experience. Um, and um you know, they, they actually, I, they've also kind of branched out. They have kind of like a black entrepreneur startup program. They have a few different uh, types of program, but they're looking to really help entrepreneurs. Again, they're meant mainly for younger entrepreneurs. So 39 and under. Um, yeah, I thought that's a very generous uh, definition of young entrepreneurs. I know that they raise that age <laughs> at, at least once, possibly twice as a threshold. So a lot of people apply. But I have known entrepreneurs who, who told me that they took a loan from a futurepreneur because they wanted to get that, 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 that mentor experience. And, you know, they, they spoke very highly of it. So, so, so. Yeah, I'm no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, great program. Um, and I would say with some of the funders, um, you know, the grant ones, the loan and the equity one, you know, important thing considers not only, okay, how much does it cost and what's the, administrative side, but, you know, what's coming along with that. So, uh, you know, future is a great example. Uh, there's some excellent, you know, equity investors that provide fantastic mentorship. Um, and I think on the grant side too, often you'll get, you know, some, some great help there too. So it's, that's important to consider in the whole funding process. Can you name one other sort of favorite child in the, funding space what's it what's another program whether government or, or something else that not enough entrepreneurs know about i'll just pick one that comes to the top of my mind a national one called my tax well-funded easy to work with uh basically you work with um you know student generally masters or or above although they have a number of programs there um and um they you contribute some money they contribute some money and um yeah, it works works pretty well. That's very cool. And the reason I ask you for, for these isn't 
to embarrass you or promote one over the other, but just because there are so many programs out there and some of them are amazing. And if you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know they're out there, it's hard to Google them and, and, and to find them. And these are, it, you know, people can go straight to them or they can work on the, the Fundica platform and find that there's, you know, a zillion more cool programs like that for people in different stages, in different regions, coming from different communities. Um, so, so, so there, there is, there's, there's not usually a pot of gold at the end, end of the rainbow, but sometimes you can find some help. Yes. Yes. So, and I, and I think that's the whole idea is that I think there, you know, with Fundica, there is, we want to put it at one place. You can find it easy. It's organized quickly to identify what the right program is for you. You probably want to validate it. Um, and then you, you know, then you'd start the application process. So, um, but to kind of reduce that friction at the first, especially the first few steps is the idea. So let's say I'm in a technology startup and we've got five people who should be the person. And let's say I don't have a CFO. Um, who is the person who should be put on this? Who should be actually on the platform and looking for sources of funding and, and, and vetting that and spending the time getting to know the platform and wading through all these opportunities? Is this a CEO job or is it something that can be delegated? Yeah, I think it's a CEO job. Um, in my mind, the CEO is kind of responsible for the funding, you know, the, the, first have kind of the HR or the, the team and the, and the mission. So those are the three, for me, most important things for the CEO. And, uh, you know, for some companies that funding part takes a lot of their time, especially if they're going through a big funding round, a big equity funding round, uh, it may, it generally for any CEO, you're going to spend a certain amount of their time, uh, you know, a significant amount of their time, probably hiring and, you know, working on, training and, and other things with the team. Um, and then of course, I think they have to kind of always be reinforcing and updating and the mission, you know, where are we going? Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? So to me, those are the most important things for the, the CEO. If he does have a CFO or you know, someone who's kind of a, a funding specialist, delegate that. But if you're going ultimately for uh, even a loan or, you know, kind of equity, you're going to have to get involved with the CEO and they're going to, they're going to want to know who you are. They're going to want to know uh, a little bit about your background. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a key thing for them. And as a CEO, we're always, we, we always have too much to do and not enough time. How much time should a CEO or, or anyone else for that matter expect to allocate to this journey is, is, you know, this isn't a simple Google search, right? Yeah. You have to, you, I presume that one looks not just for one source, but a whole bunch of them and then analyzes and compares and then begins the process. So, so how much time should they expect to, to, to spend on the Fundica plus partner platform? Right. So when they come to Fundica within a couple minutes, they should be seeing the programs that are most relevant for them. So they come in, they typically fill out oh, father, like five questions. Um, they're going to put their name and email address in there so they can come back and, you know, use the platform in the future. Then there's going to be a number of optional questions. Are they, you know, is it a underrepresented 
group. So which one, you know, they're trying to uh, develop a new product. Are you looking to hire? If they're looking to hire, what type of people are looking to hire? Are they trying to improve energy efficiency, do some strategic things? So there's a number of, I'm going to call them optional questions. And the more information is available, the better the results will be. And then from that, okay, here are the funding programs. And then they'll go in and check the programs. They're, they're ranked in relevancy order. So they'll start at the top, go through, and take a look at them, um, favorite the ones they like. Um, and then there's, so that whole stage there, that shouldn't take longer than, I mean, it, it depends. Sometimes there's, you know, five or 10 programs that are interesting. Sometimes there can be as many as, you know, well, like it could be even more than this, but often I've seen 30, 40 potentially interesting programs. So it may take a little longer, um, but just to get the list of the program should take minutes, uh, to validate which ones it will really depend on the business, but it shouldn't be not talking like days or weeks here. Um, and then to actually get the funding in that that's the biggest step, but hopefully, you know, getting well organized, starting on the right foot and not going down all these, the wrong roads all over the place will save so much time, uh, you know, down the road. So, um, you know, so I think it's worthwhile for all CEOs or CFOs if they have one or funding just to go in and figure out, okay, what funding is available. Um, and spend some time doing that. And then in terms of applying or you know, trying to go get that big funding, that's gonna be very much a case by case situation. And let's say I need to meet payroll by the end of the month and it's already the middle of the month. Is there any point going on Fundica to see if there's someone that can help me in that short a time? Realistically, it's gonna be very difficult, that situation. If you're, if you're um, within days, um, you know, you're, it's a tough situation. You're going to have to it's, be creative in that situation. Yeah. It's back to uncle Max then. Yes, probably. Yeah. 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 So, right. so, so to kind of go into one point before in terms of the thousands of funding programs that are out there, I would really categorize them as four different types. So the first type is around hiring and training. There's some programs in there. Some of those are very easy. You can get them very quickly, you know, with a question of weeks. Um, don't really take a lot of time to apply for. There are a lot of them. They've been very generous, the governments, for those uh, trying to get the workforce going uh, with COVID. Um, so those are the kind of the first category. The second category would be like innovation. So the R&D tax credit, the e-business tax credit in Quebec, the multimedia tax credits in different forms across the country, um, a number of the, the IRAP programs. So there's these kind of innovation programs. Then there's the the export and marketing program. So can export being the national one, there's provincial versions of that as well. And then the last category would be kind of, I kind of just put the rest in there, but they'd be kind of capital projects um, and other ones. So those are kind of the primary categories you'd see, particularly around government funding. Okay. And you guys are being very entrepreneurial. And in March this year, uh, Fundica announces a partnership with the Northern California Small Business Development Centers, and you're 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 going into the U.S. market. That rare thing of a Canadian going into the U.S. market. How does securing ac uh, funding and accessing capital change as entrepreneurs in Canada grow and start looking for funding outside 
Canada. Are you going to be help, be able to help us with that? And if we go into the United States? Yeah, for sure. So basically expanded. So Fundica, we kind of license our solutions to financial institutions, accountancies, governments, and other entrepreneur support organization. Uh, you know, now the fact that we're in the U.S. as well as Canada just makes it that much easier for entrepreneurs on both sides of the borders to, to find funding. Either, you know, they kind of they may even look at comparative situations where they say, hey, should I go to L.A. or New York or Toronto and go and see what kind of funding is available? Um, having said that, again, in the U.S., we have all the government funding in Canada. We have government funding, but we also have the private sector funding. So slightly different things, but you can compare the government funding both sides of the border. And if you were an entrepreneur and let's say you had dual citizenship and you had a choice whether to set up a business in Canada or the US, which one do you think is, uh, which, which, which has the most generous uh, proportion of uh, very cool entrepreneurial loan or grant programs? Well, definitely um, on the government side, Canada being a little more socialist uh, government, just a little bit more generous uh, in terms of the, let's call it the, the, the grants for most, you know, most situations. Uh, having said that, you know, the, the investors, the equity side, much more dominant in the U.S. Many Canadian firms will go to the U.S. for that. Um, but I'd also say in the U.S. they do a lot of, there is a fair bit of government money directed in large amounts to some some big projects as well. Um, so the U.S. It, it's not like it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't provide grants, but it does more. Um, kind of goes after some very big areas and is is well known. Let's say DARPA or other groups are well known for providing some significant funding to develop new areas of science. Right, that's very cool. And just tell me about your business plan. Are, are you trying to extend Fundica further in Canada? More, more focus now on U.S. growth. Uh, what's your plan? Yeah, so I just came back from the U.S. I was at uh, an event this week called Lend It, now also being called uh, FinTech Nexus. Um, so we were down there meeting with financial institutions and, and other groups. So it was a uh, interesting. A few days, uh, so definitely we're focused on kind of you know building out our our partners and clients across North America, um, you know, and I think U.S. is a newer thing for us, so a lot, and it is a much bigger market. So I think a, a big focus on the U.S. is you know what we're we're doing right now. And how different is the partner ecosystem in the U.S.? Um, you know, it, it, do you see it as being sort of the same thing accountancies regional development banks or is there uh different changes yeah i think it's still the same approach for us we're, we're figuring it out to be fair um you know we now have a number of clients so that's nice um but it's uh it's it's an evolving thing and we're learning as we go um what's important in some places is not as important in other places like one example is our solution really helps with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and what I'm seeing is that in certain areas, that's very important. In other areas, you know, less so. It's more about, okay, this is going to help me, you know, with client loyalty or retention. Uh, this may help me with client acquisition. So it's slightly different, uh, 
you know, values across North America, or let's say priorities instead of values, priorities more like. Right. One of the features of the U.S. is they do have regional banks, which we don't really have much of anymore in Canada. Um, so your, your, your partnership with NorCal SBDC, is that just for California companies doing business within California, or is it for companies from anywhere? Or is it for California companies doing business anywhere in the U.S.? Yeah, so we've, the way we've set it up with them is that that's actually, their site is good for any entrepreneur doing business in North America, um, but is going through their site. So it's actually U.S., you know, California, U.S., and even Canada, but going through their website. So um, they're, they're really, uh, their mission is to really help entrepreneurs in their region. Uh, but they, I think they recognize as well that helping them in a region means not necessarily just keeping everything in the region, but helping them explore how they expand to other areas. So that's their, their point of view. Um, other groups, you know, may, may look at things a little differently and be very much just focused on their, their region. And, uh, is there a, a master plan for Fundica? Is it going to take over the world? <laughs> I think as long as we can keep helping entrepreneurs uh, get funding more efficiently, we'll be very happy. Um, for now, we're very, we've got a full plate with North America. Um, so that's where we're focused right now. But, um, you know, we're again, always open to seeing how we can help more entrepreneurs access funding, kind of, as we say, democratize access to funding. Um, but, you know, a little step at a time. Okay, Mike Lee, thank you so much for chatting about Fundica and reminding us of what a tremendous resource, a made in Canada resource we have. And I'm glad that the rest of the world is slowly starting to discover it. Um, in our quest for more hugs, do you have any final words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to share with Canadian entrepreneurs? Yeah, so um, I would go back to what I said at the beginning. So be aware you sit in the funding journey. Uh, I think that's a very important thing. Um, you know, use technology to simplify your life. So Fundica is one tool, but uh, there, there are tons of other great ones out there. So please use those. Um, it's, it's actually not only makes your life easier, but also can make it a lot more fun. Um, and yeah, lastly, like go see our partner sites to access funding. And maybe I will mention a, a couple, Rick, just so that we make it easier for everybody listening to. So one of them would be DC Bank. So put in DC Bank space Fundica. See them? Another one would be Desjardins. So Desjardins, the largest credit union in North America. So Desjardins, and then just put in a space Fundica and you'll find there. So you'll be able to go in both of those and access funding. And um, they're, they're great partners. We appreciate them. And we have lots of other partners as well, uh, which I will certainly mention on other calls with other people. So. And thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, no, it's a great story. And you're doing such great work for entrepreneurs. Always a pleasure. Mike, thank you so much. I wish you good luck with your incursions into the United States. And let's make this a more entrepreneurial world. Thank you, Rick. Okay, we'll talk again.
Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence. <laughs>